episode 40. Minisode number one, updates for Dungeons and Dragons, Doctor Who, and Sherlock. Welcome to the Autistic Culture Podcast. Each episode, we dive deep into autistic contributions to society and culture by introducing you to some of the world's most famous and successful autistics in history. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer on how we use the word autistic. The purpose of this show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic. While some may have announced being autistic, what we're really sharing here is our observation of what is representative of autistic culture. It can sometimes be difficult for autistic people to celebrate our natural tendencies and traits due to the perception of autism as a disorder that needs to be fixed, a long history of damaging medical interventions to get autistics to fit in with mainstream culture, and protective masking skills many of us have developed to try to stay safe. Whether you are autistic or just love someone who is, your hosts, Dr. Angela Loria, the linguistic autistic. And licensed psychological practitioner, Matt Lowry, welcome you to take this time to be fully immersed in the language, values, traditions, norms, and identity of Autistica. Autistica. Woohoo! Our first mini-sode by request. And uh, it's a good time for it because we recently finished the Dungeons and Dragons episode. And afterwards, we discovered some really, really fascinating information that really, really needs to get out there. And uh, a mini-sode is a perfect topic for such things. So you guys have asked it. You guys have asked for a bunch of new things, some interviews. Hopefully you've been checking those out and short episodes. So we've got a short little update for our listeners. Thank you for listening. Yeah, this is going to be a bite-sized episode that you can send to your friends, send to your family, or just enjoy while, you know, uh, you're, you're chilling out before your next task. So Yes. So we, we have already talked about Dungeons and Dragons. We've already talked about Sherlock. We've already talked about Doctor Who. But there is a Venn diagram, and at the center of all of these things is one man. One the man. Myth. The legend. The, and if if any of you can figure out, he is also a star of Hammer Horror Films and was a star of Star Wars. Wait, there's a there's a British game show which is called like Connections or something, and you have to like find the link. Oh, maybe it's called the Missing Link. That's what it's called. You have to huh. find what's the missing link between Dungeons and Dragons, Doctor Who, Star Wars. Like, what is it? Tell us, Matt. This is Peter Cushing. And because, again, I've known for a while as a fan of Star Wars, Peter Cushing was a very elegant man on the set of Star Wars. He apparently smelled of lilac. He was very, very conscientious and courteous to everyone that he met. He he could not wear the boots that they picked out for him, so he wore fluffy slippers on the set, so you will never see him, uh, well, uh, very rarely see him in a full-body shot. Everything is shot from at least ankle up because he wanted to be a comfortable man. Because, yes, again, sensory issues. 
But uh, he, as you may or may not know, he was in the only two theatrically released Doctor Who movies, which were non-canonical because none of the copyrighted things in the TV show could be reproduced directly beyond the Daleks. So the hero was simply known as Doctor Who because Who was his surname and he was apparently a medical doctor. And his time-traveling spaceship was simply named TARDIS as opposed to being an acronym. And he starred in Doctor Who and the Daleks in 1965, Daleks Invasion Earth in 2150 AD in 1966. Two dates there, very confusing. He was Van Helsing and Victor Frankenstein. He played Sherlock Holmes, the famous autistic detective. And he played Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, which is very, very uh, popular among uh, lots of autistic people. Yes, indeed. The thing that stood out, the thing that I was not aware of, the thing that made me realize, oh my God, he's one of us, is an old article in a magazine and I don't even know which magazine it is but it's part of his uh, appreciation uh, Facebook website that we will link to in the comments and he was as you may recall or if you did not listen uh, Dungeons and Dragons is heavily based on a game created by H.G. Wells for boys and very enterprising girls and (laughs) it was a game called War And he was a very, very, very avid player of war. And war was a tabletop game where you had your own tiny militaries and you strategized on how to win gigantic battles, much like Warhammer 40K today. And Dungeons and Dragons took a lot of inspiration with the minis, with the map layout, with the battle uh, tactics, all of this stuff. But back in the day, you could not walk in a store and buy a mini. He had to handcraft all of his minis. And how many minis would you think that this man had? Uh, at least 100. He had 200. over 2,000. <laughs> he handmade over 2,000 soldiers, Roman soldiers, Greek soldiers, so many different types. And he oh, was in. It's a, it's a secret update to the productivity episode, too. Yes. How can autistic people be so productive, Matt? Tell us. Because when we are in our monotropic focus, we can do an extraordinary number of things. And Leverage this, it, people. This so man, good. and we will, we will show some pictures the this man loved his tiny armies not only did he have tiny armies for playing a game but he also had tiny theaters he made tiny ships he made tiny dioramas and he he made tiny figures and scenes from plays because he wanted to collect them all Mm -hmm. this is the mantra of our people he made tiny dioramas with all these intricately detailed sculpted and painted miniatures and uh, this article says an army 2,000 strong was gathered in full military array. The infantry, the cavalry, the pikemen, the gunners, they were lined up in review order, ready for inspection by their general. Not a distinguished shoulder, soldier as one might expect, but that of distinguished actor Peter Cushing. For Mr. Uh, Cushing is a member of the British Model Soldier Society, a body formed by retired army, soldier, uh, army officers, schoolboys, and businessmen. These model, not toy, soldiers are their hobby. They play a game invented by H.G. Wells called War. It is on similar lines to chess. 
which leads back to our chess episode. Right, yeah. and I think there might be a Pokemon little Pokemon catch-up. We gotta, gotta catch collect them all. Them all. Catch them all. <laughs> model soldiers are not the only youthful interest of the six-feet-tall, blue-eyed Mr. Cushing. He loves model cars. He has a collection of 40,000 cigarette cards. These cards are not a collection of rare sets. They are cards with the history of England, the story of flags, and information about birds. Because, again, we love life. Libraries. We love museums. We love learning about everything. This other quote from his sister-in-law said, uh, uh, oh, no, no, about his sister-in-law. Peter Cushing says, I had a very large and varied collection of toys and figures, which I greatly treasured. Helen's sister, Rosita Beck, knew the love I had and still have for these things. It delighted her whenever she went shopping for Christmas or birthday presents and watching the owner of the toy shop's expression when, in reply to his question, how old is the little chap? How old is the little chap this gift is for? In reply to his question, she would say, quite seriously and truthfully, I might add, oh, 42. Because, again, this is the way. Uh, when, uh, when his wife died, he went through what we call a spin drop, meaning that he, he loved his spins. He loved his special interests. He loved his collections. But he was very, very depressed, and his collection fell into disarray, and he sold off things. And this included thousands of magazines, thousands of books, Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of soldiers and toys and models. And he, he became very depressed and it was very unfortunate. But throughout his it's, life. Like you, you just dropped this term spin drop, but it is like a death because, again, we go back to your model of uh, friends, family and fictional characters. Yes. And Our, so when you lose a spin, it is like losing a part of yourself. Yeah. These things make us who we are. These things help us with our identity. And regulation. Yes, yes, because in a hectic world where he was Van Helsing and acted alongside Saruman and Count Dooku and, you know, uh, 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 Dracula and the real-life James Bond, Christopher Lee, he, this is what kept him going because he... This is how he relaxed. Mm-hmm. He, he was a delightful, delightful man who, by all accounts, was very nice to everyone around him. He had epic, epic collections. He was an avid player of war, which was the Dungeons and Dragons of its time. He was a model maker and a builder and a reader and a collector. He was the epitome of autistic culture. And I, I am very, very impressed that we have found this out. And I am proud that he is the subject of our first minisode. Yay, Peter Cushing, our connect the dots guy. Thank you for bringing us this little lesson. And uh, yeah, if you are going through a spin drop, just know there is another side. You got you to gotta hang with it. But you'll, you might even get a new spin at the end of it. I know that's happened for me sometimes. Spins make life worth living. There we go. Thanks for tuning in to our first mini-sode. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Autistic Culture Podcast. If you like this show, you can help other people find it by taking a few minutes to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find out more about writing your book with me at differencepress.com. That's 
difference, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, press, P-R-E-S-S dot com. Or getting a psychological evaluation or consult with me at www.mattlowrylpp.com. That's M-A-T-T, Matt Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, L-P-P, as in Licensed Psychological Practitioner.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else. Special thanks to our content manager, River Robbins, and Aaron Stoner, our producer for making us look and sound good. Thank you.